Amen. Mark chapter 2. The title of this message is Let Nothing Stop You. It's the season of no excuses. It seems like we've all had so many excuses on why we haven't achieved a certain goal in life. We've excused away dreams and visions, businesses, ideas. We blame family, friends, finances, and yes, even faith. We blame our makeup, our environment, our church, the people in our church, our lack of opportunities, on why we haven't achieved the things in life that we want to achieve. So in fact, we blame God. If we believe that God is the creator of all, of every circumstance, of every situation, of everything, if he's sovereign, God, and he, he runs and he, there's nothing that is um, on course that's not in his course, and, and we, we, we're not achieving what God has created us to achieve, then we, in fact, blame God. There has to be a push in our lives. There has to be a pursuit. There has to be a passion to want to possess whatever God has said you can have. And I'm tired of just seeing things slip through my hands. I'll be 51 years old this year if the Lord allows me to make it through December. And I've wasted so much time of my life doing other things and being bound up in other things to, to come over and serve a God who created all to have not everything that when God said I died so that you may have life and have it more abundantly for me to just let stuff slip through my hands because of people, because of situations, because of lack of opportunity. When God said I am the door. So there has to be a push. It has to be that fire, that, that, that thing that ignites you, that thing that, that made you go after God. And in this chapter, chapter 2, we're still seeing the same as last week, that God is showing us that we have authority. And people with authority do not make excuses. And so in verse 1, he says, again, he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. He, after, he, so he's back at Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. I'm just going to give you a side note because I ain't going to say too much about that. But people today seem more concerned about what's in the house than who's in the house. My question is, what have you come to see? That's why we just played the music. You got to know that. You got to understand your pastor. You got to know me by now. You got to know that even, you know, in, in stroke, there, there's always a lesson being learned. There's always a method behind the madness. I just, I just, I don't, I don't know how to not, how to do something without purpose. And so just the playing of the music and sitting down was just, let, let's see if they can enter in without having to be coached. Or are they going to feel that they didn't have praise and worship because nobody was up here cheerleading? 
Because when you're a worshiper, you don't need nobody up front to tell you to raise your hands, to clap your hands, to stomp your feet, to give God praise. But we are such an emotional people that you wait for somebody to say the right thing to get you to jump in. God is in the house. There's a couple of points we want to see about this story because this is a very familiar story and I preached it a few times. But every time I go to study it, I ask God not for new revelation, but for fresh revelation. You understand? Because you don't get new revelation. It's just fresh revelation. Yeah. So to open up my eyes a little bit further so that I can enjoy eating more of this text. Amen. So somebody say we're going to go deep today. Yeah, we're going to go deep even though, you know, this is a this is a pretty light message. Pretty, pretty light. No, it ain't. All right. He said, he said, he went there and it was heard that he was in the house. And immediately many people gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then there came unto him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed, which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning within their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when he perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said unto them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, take your bed, and go to your house immediately. He took up his bed, went out of the presence of them all, so that they were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never seen anything like this. Then he went out again by the sea, and the multitude came to him, and he taught them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphamus, sitting by the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. So he arose and followed him. Somebody say, no more excuses. I want you to understand that in this text, when Jesus heals this paralytic man, there are some things that we have to go ahead and understand. And the first thing is that there was a lack of space. There was a lack of space. The Bible says that they gathered immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door, but he preached the word to them. There was a lack of space, but that didn't mean that there was no room for the word to hit the heart. I'm trying to help you. Jesus was no stranger to small places. Jesus was no stranger to a lack of room. After all, he was born in a manger. And remember, when he went to the inn, they told him there was no room in the inn, so he had to go sleep in the stables. Jesus and God was no stranger to small spaces. See, a lot of us make excuses saying that there is no room, that there's no room for me, that I, I don't fit in with a certain crowd or a certain group. There's no space. There's, there's nobody hiring. There's nobody that's going to hire somebody with a, a record. Y'all better help me up in here because I'm preaching already. There can be no excuse when there's a lack of space. When you serve a God who is ex and elo, who stands outside of time and created space when there was no space, you are the one putting a limit on God. 
I don't care if there's no space. You don't start with a mansion. Start managing an apartment. Start managing a one-bedroom studio. Start managing a small. The Bible says that if you're faithful in the things that are small, he'll make you ruler over the things that are much. Don't come to me with a lack of space. Don't say, well, pastor, we can't make it happen because we only got 600, 900 square feet. The Bible says that with God, all things are possible. So it said there was was no room at the door. But I don't care if there's no room at the door. I'm not looking for room to be at the door when I'm going to the door. Because God said I am the door. Y'all better help me. There's no way that I will allow anything to block me from what God has for me. You got to be able to knock doors down. Ah, y'all better help me. Persistence. If there's a wall built, don't just look at the wall and say that's an excuse. I can't do that. Nobody in my family ever graduated from college. Nobody in my family ever made it like this. The devil is a liar. God created you to leap over a wall. Push through a door. Said there was no lack of space, but but that that wasn't enough. So he said there's no lack of space because here comes the crowd, the, the church folk. They want to get in. One thing I will give to them, they was on time. You know how I know it was on they was on time because nobody else could get in. <laughs> Y'all better help me up in here. So they 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 came and everybody there. Now now check this out. We we this is what God showed me. They were all in church, but there was a crowd, and then here comes a man being carried by four, right? Right? To Jesus. But they couldn't get in because there was a crowd. Now, this wasn't a crowd of circumstances. This wasn't a crowd of bondage. This wasn't a crowd of doubt. This was a crowd of other people wanting a blessing too. This was church folk blocking the way to the, oh man. See, you can't even let church folk keep you from getting to your blessing. It's one thing to be attacked from people outside the church. And you got to make it past people who don't believe. But but then you got to come in the house and make it past a crowd of people who really don't want nothing. They just want to see what's happening. When, when you came to get something, you're in need of something. But, but I love this because it says he, 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 was, he was a paralytic, which meant there was a lack of mobility. There, there was something messing up his movement. I'm going to take my time this morning. I ain't got nowhere to go. He, 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 there was a lack of movement. And, and that's, that's one thing we got, to, we got to pay attention to. See, because I could deal with a church that grows, you know, a quarter of an inch. Y'all, y'all catch it later. You know, baby steps is okay. But when there's no movement. See, because if I'm not wrong, still water breeds mosquitoes. 
Stuff that don't move breeds viruses. If you don't use your muscles and there's no movement, stuff can start. Y'all better come on. Y'all, y'all better come on. So, so that's the problem with a church that's not moving. And I ain't saying you got to take over the world because you can't take over the world, the nations, when you're scared to take over your block. We going to take nations, liar. I can't get you to move out the building. If you're going to take the nation, you got to go to them. I know somebody believed and preached to y'all that spooky message that if you just pray for souls, they'd all come running. (laughs) That's why, here's how I know, when somebody opened that door, everybody, yeah, I just want to know who's coming in. You want to know somebody different coming in. There's no movement. So, so somebody say lack of mobility. He had palsy. Couldn't move. What do you have? Well, what do you have that's keeping you from moving? Everything else moving. Your sex life moving. Your money moving. Car moving, but are you moving? Ain't y'all getting ready to move? There's some stuff when you move, you gotta leave stuff. You can't take everything with you when you move. You find out what you don't really need when you move. I'm going to get on your nerves if I stay right there. I'm going to just breeze on by that point right there. Hallelujah. Just just put a pen right there. Yeah. Somebody say, I think I need to move. Yeah. I I think I need to move. But, But I love the fact that he couldn't move, but he was carried by four people. He had lack of mobility, but he didn't have a lack of a support system. It's it's important that when people see you not moving, you got people around you who won't settle for you to just sit still. It's it's you gotta have the right people around you, and you don't need a whole lot of people. Just four. <laughs> see see. Four people brought him to his breakthrough. He had four, and I've always wondered about this, because, and I know logic says, well, he was on a mat, so it would have been hard for two people. But let me tell you something. I've seen two people carry something with weight that doesn't level out. You can do that. And matter of fact, if it was one person, one person could have dragged him. You ain't going to say nothing. You know, I might, listen, you can't walk already. I'll just roll your behind down the hill, because we can't somewhere. Y'all, you ain't gonna, what you going to do, fight me? You ain't going to say so so it, it, it didn't have there's there's a reason for this four 
Jesus. Can y'all just entertain me for just a little while? I'm going to just... I'm going to just go ahead and tell you, I, I know I don't like to move into, you know, you got to be careful with numbers because people get stuck on numbers. But numbers in the Bible, as we are going to learn more as we move into theology, do have a purpose. God, God is, he, he does work in some, some sections, right? So this is one of them sections because there was no reason for him to tell us that there were four people. We learn that in theology, right? Too much detail. Why is that detail there? Because he could have just told us there was a paralytic. Because the story is, he doesn't even give reference, will he, to these four guys? He doesn't mention their names. He just tells us that they were they carried this paralytic and they got him to Jesus. And he could have just said he was a paralytic carried by some men, his friends. But there was four. The number, the number four derives its meaning, meaning from creation. Check this out. It's going to get deep right here. We're going to ride now. It derives its meaning from creation. On the fourth day of what is called creation week, God completed the material universe. On this day, he brought into existence our sun, our moon, and all the stars. Catch this. Their purpose was not only to give light, but also to divide the day from the night on earth. Thus becoming a basic demarcation, demarcation of time. Uh-oh. This, they were also made to be a type of signal that would mark off the days, the years, and the seasons. There's four seasons. Interestingly, the Hebrew word for seasons in Genesis is moed, which literally translated is appointed time. Oh, the fourth of the Ten Commandments is to remember and keep the Sabbath day. Check this out. Appearances of the number four, one of the most, one of the top ten most frequently mentioned women in the Bible is Eve. And she is only referenced four times. Psalms 107 is the only section of or chapter in God's word that contains the exact phrase four times. The Apostle Paul was a man familiar with four major first century cultures. He was a Roman, a Jew who spoke Greek as well as a Hebrew and a Christian. The Garden of Eden had a river which parted into the headwaters of four rivers. Oh, y'all catching it. After Jesus was hung on a cross, nailed, his, they divided up his clothes into four parts. Check this out. There are four witnesses of God on earth, miracles, wonders, signs, and the Holy Spirit. So there are four gospel accounts. Number four, meaning creation. 
Number four, representing seasons. Number four, representing appointed time. Number four, representing creation. Number four, I'm trying to get you somewhere. There were four men. There were four men. Four men. Which means that this man had went through all four seasons as a paralytic. Which meant that this man had four men. Which means that this man was at his appointed time. Which means that this man who was a paralytic, there was a mar in his creation. Which means that four, y'all catching it? He was carried by four men, one on each side, north, south, east, west. There was four men. God was about to do a complete miracle in this man's life. He was about to heal every past in this man's life. He was about to heal every trial, every situation that this man had encountered for every season of his life. Y'all better catch me. He, he, he was... Four. So watch what happened. He he said he was carried by the four men, and when they could not come near because of the crowd, they uncovered where the roof where he was, and they broke through and let down the bed on which the paralytic was was lying. Watch this. Even though there was a lack of space, right? He had no lack of support, right? But there there, there was a lack of faith because the Bible says when Jesus saw their faith. Somebody say faith has a face. He didn't see his faith because this man didn't have any. So these four men, this support system felt good about this man who had lost all faith because of all that he endured in the seasons of his life. But they had enough faith to believe not only in Jesus, but in him. Do you got people around you who, when you want to give up, tell you you can't give up? That God has something for you. That there's greatness on the inside of you. That I'm not going to allow you to just lay there in your mess. Not only that, we are not going to allow obstacles to get you to the one we know can heal your situation. Oh my God. See, you got to stop trying to bring people to church and bring people to Jesus. You got to stop trying to bring people to church and start bringing people to Jesus. Because they didn't care. They weren't like, we're going to get you to the service. We ain't bringing you to the healing service. And then we came all this way on this highway carrying you, and now we can't get in. The devil is a liar. Somebody said, we about to break in. See, I'm giving you proof. I'm giving you uh, authority. Where you don't have authority. What right do these men have in breaking up these people's house? What? You know how we do. You can sit in the overflow. If the overflow is full, we'll see you another week. Leave your offering. Bye-bye. But you ain't going to break through the roof. Because now we got to pay for that. (laughs) 
But what could it be about this man that's lying on this mat who has no faith that these four men were willing to go to jail? Y'all ain't go, y'all ain't with me. I still, I still, y'all ain't, listen, I thank God I had some people in my life that was like, listen, whatever it takes, we gotta get you to Jesus. I said, whatever it takes, no excuses. Cause you know how we get when it's full. Uh, it's too late. Uh, they already been on Zoom. I ain't gonna join that. It's too late. Uh, I ain't driving all that way. Y'all better, cause, uh, brother Steve, you the one that put some miles on your car to come to church. You ain't come to church to hear me preach. You come to church cause you want God to move in your life. See, when you gotta push through traffic and everything, sometimes you gotta push through stuff that's going on in the whole house. And go ahead and make your way to y'all better help me up in The Bible says faith without works is dead. So they went to breaking up stuff. And they let them down. And Jesus saw their faith. Through that whole crowd. Their faith made a statement. And you say it don't take all that. You can just sit there and, and get your blessing. I ain't got to shout and say hallelujah. It don't take all that. But when I need a miracle, I want God to see me. I'm going to make an entrance. I'm going to come in here screaming. I'm gonna come in here breaking up stuff. Y'all remember we was over on 60 Conley Parkway and that sister put a hole in our wall. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing. It got everybody's attention. She got God's attention. Y'all better help me up in here. She doing great things for God right now. Cause she was willing to, y'all better help me. She ain't pay for that wall, but it's okay. God take care. I ain't trying to tell y'all to put no hole in nothing up in here. Cause we ain't breaking nothing. But at least you could go ahead and mess up your makeup. At least you can mess up your weave. At least you can go ahead and y'all see, see y'all still sitting there looking at me like I'm crazy. But I'm trying to get God to get you to notice something. Woo! I need God to do something in my life. And I'm gonna break up a system. And here's what you need to know about some people in your life. You gotta have people in your life that will lift you up, but also will let you down. Y'all better help me up in here. You gonna you go have people in your life that'll let you down, but as long as I land at the feet of Jesus. The reason why some people in your life can't get delivered is because you're still holding on to them. And that's what God told me. He said, you lifted them up. Now let them down. Don't carry that burden. I ain't create you to carry that burden. That ain't your burden. I know if your heart is hurting, imagine how my heart feels.
So he says, now, let's close this message because I know you, get, you catch it. Now watch this. Here come these church folk. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, your sins are forgiven. Now, this lets me know that this individual who'd been dealing with all this stuff and why he can't move is a direct correlation to sin. There's something in his life that has put him on this mat and kept him in a cycle for season after season. And his friends had to see him go through this cycle of things over and over again. So when he saw their faith, he got healed. Faith is the substance of things hopeful. The evidence of things not seen. Faith is heaven's currency. Faith is all the money you need. See, heaven doesn't deal with money. Heaven deals with faith. You could get all the cryptocurrency you want. It ain't going to work in heaven. You can do all the shouting you want. It ain't going to work in heaven. You can do all the singing you want. It ain't going to work in heaven. The only thing that works in heaven is faith. Oh, my God. See, when God created us, he gave all of us a level of faith. He gave all of us some currency. <laughs> oh, I'm about to preach up in here. He, he gave everyone because God said, I'm going to play this game and I'm going to play it fair. I'm going to give everyone a measure of faith. So don't come here talking about you broke. Uh, you ain't going to say nothing because you, you might be broke in a world system, but you need to be rich in heaven's system. That's why the Bible says, let the uh, poor say I'm rich. Let the weak say I'm strong because you have to have a faith language in order to get heaven to open up its ear to you. I'm preaching already. So when God created us, he blew his breath in us, but he didn't just leave us with his, his entourage. Oh my God. He, he put some change, some currency. Uh, he said, let me drop a measure of faith. And now let me see how they operate in the stock market of faith let me see how they invest their faith because if you don't work your faith then faith is dead but if you invest your faith then your faith increases but you gotta learn how to invest your faith in the right stock market y'all better help me you gotta know how to walk by faith you gotta know how to speak by faith you gotta know how to do everything you do by faith and the enemy wants to rob steal and kill you of your faith he wants you to, because the Bible says that he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And you can't seek him without faith because you can't see him. You can't smell him. You can't touch him. But you know he's there. 
and my faith tells me that even though I don't see it I know I can have it but God why does the Bible tell me that this man had no faith well it wasn't that he didn't have any faith it's just that he believed in the wrong thing he believed in his situation while the people around him believed in their revelation I'm preaching up in here so he said I'm gonna get you to Jesus and he dropped him and God said your sins are forgiven and when God said that the word hit his flesh penetrated his heart and went deep into his spirit and he was whole from that moment but nobody saw it nobody saw it because the church wants to see before they believe But God said, I knew you before the foundation of the world. And I sanctified you. And I anointed you. And your sin does not cancel out your anointing. And so the church folks said, who, who, who is this man speaking blasphemy? Because who can forgive sins but God? Oh, you called him? Don't call his name because he is God in the flesh. And God said, I perceive that something's going on. They didn't say it. They just thought it. Oh, my God. God knows your thoughts. Oh, I'm preaching now. I'm in the vein now. Don't stop me now. Don't pull me back. Holy Ghost, have your way. But he knows what you're thinking. And that sometimes is a blessing and a curse. Because I say, God, you let me know too much. There's some stuff I don't want to see. But he'll let you hear stuff. He'll let you see stuff in the spirit. And you ain't even said it. And then you say, oh, my God, was he in our conversation? You dog, all right. I was in your conversation because he who is in me is, oh, y'all better help me. I know what you're thinking. Okay, since y'all thinking it, which is easier to say? Your sins be forgiven? Or get up and walk? But that you may know that I am the man. <laughs> I think Jesus got started feeling himself right about this moment. I think he just had enough. I, I think he, because every now and listen, he was in the flesh. He might have had it, because it does tell us he had to go away and pray. He probably said, God, forgive me for what I just did, but I just had to show him. Anyway, you know, because sometimes you just want to show him. Just a, you know, oh, you think I ain't got no power? Oh, let me, oh, I know what you're thinking, but so you can know that I am God in the flesh. Get up and walk. Oh, my God. But God was more concerned about his spirit. While the church was concerned about his flesh. But God said, I already know what I did in his spirit. But I'm going to let y'all see 
what I'm about to do in his flesh. Somebody say don't quit. Don't make no excuses. God is about to show the world that your healing is real. That your deliverance is real. That your destiny is real. That your promise is real. Can I get a witness up in this church? Because God didn't have to see him walk to know he was healed. Aren't you glad about it? That he ain't waiting for us to walk before he delivered. He said, listen, them people said, we ain't never seen nothing like this. We ain't never heard preaching like this. We ain't never seen power like this. The reason why you can't see that nothing like this is because you can't, God can't perform where excuses lie. Excuses cancel out faith. And the man that laid in with, he felt it in his spirit. You know when you know, in your Noah. The man that said, listen, I ain't never get up. I, I don't even know how to walk. I, I, I've been in this condition. Well, I've been making money on my mat. I've been, that, that's been my life. My, my mat's been, what am I going to do without my, what I'm going to do without my child support? What I'm going to do? Oh, I better leave that alone. <laughs> what I'm going to do without, what have you been trusting in above God? I ain't telling you to stop taking your pill, but if you got more faith in the pill, what am I going to do? What am I going to do if they lay me off? What am I going to do? If I don't lie on this application, what, what I'm going to do? Th that mat has been my excuse. It's got me through some tough times. Me and that mat got memories. We got history. I, mm, but he didn't say nothing about that man. He didn't make no The Bible says immediately he got up. Remember last week when, when Jesus healed the fever and the sister got up and went cooking? That's immediate healing. Some of y'all ain't ready for immediate healing. I was supposed to close five minutes ago. But listen, if you get an immediate healing, things got to change immediately. Matter of fact, you got to be prepared for immediate blessing. Yeah. When you expect immediate blessing, you are already in preparation for when immediate hit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, 
y'all hear my preaching up in here? See, you you can't stuff in order because I ain't healed today, but it's coming and it's coming at a time and a twinkle of an eye. My situation could change. I could be single today, married tomorrow. I don't know what God gonna do, but I gotta get ready for immediately. Y'all ready for slow blessing? God said, I got a trickle blessing on you. I can't let it overflow. Because if it overflows, the Bible says that the blessings of God will overtake you. You got to be ready for an overtake. Tap your neighbor and say, you ready for an overtake? God's about to overtake you with blessing. No more excuses. If you go ahead and do it, God will go ahead and bless it. If you go ahead and believe it, God will go ahead and bless it. If you go ahead and trust it, God will go ahead and bless it. If you go ahead and put, put your faith where your mouth is. God help me up in here. I don't want nobody around me no more that ain't got no faith. I ain't going to condemn you. I ain't going to curse you. Just get away from me. Just tell me I don't believe that, Pastor, so I can go ahead and deal with the 30 and not the 300. Y'all better help me up in here. I'm sick and tired. I got to get to a place where I just go, because uh, you always get to be, well, you can't do that. You don't need to do that. That ain't wise. That ain't smart. Shut up. God told me to do it. I'm going to do it. And then watch God bless it. And if he don't bless it, I'm going to be no worse for it. I'm going to still believe him, but I'm sick and tired of listening to people who ain't doing nothing no way trying to tell me what I can't do thus is the word of the Lord give God a praise That was my first close. This is my last close. Did I tell y'all that when he left and everybody was astonished, he went about his business and he told a tax collector to come follow me? Oh, did I miss that? Because after that tax collector saw everything that Jesus did, <laughs> here I come, Jesus. <laughs> Do I got anybody in here? That's ready to say, here I come, Jesus. No more excuses. Here I come. Well, let's stand. Father, we bless you. We thank you for healing us and delivering us. The seasons of our lives where we fell short, where we didn't believe. But God, I speak and decree in this house a level of faith like never before. That God, you would increase our faith and that our faith would have feet. That people would see our faith. That they would see you moving through our hands, through our feet, through our smiles, through everything. That God, you will shine in us like never before. So that men can say, we've never seen anything like this. God, we want to be that church. We want to be that people. Help us. In Jesus' name, 
as we go throughout this week, I pray that you would cover us and keep us. Let us be a light and a dark place. Once again, we thank you and we give you glory for all things. Continue to cover Sister Nikki as she travels. Continue to heal Sister, uh, my pastor mom and her body. Continue to touch First Lady. Lord God, let her get rested. Father, we just pray for all those who wanted to be here but could not be here. Cover them and keep them blessed. Christian, as he's doing his schoolwork, let him be uh, diligent in what he does. Bless the Andre and uh, all the children as they're online and the different things that are going on through this election season. Let us understand how crucial it is to vote. Let us not get caught up in the hype of everything that's going on in our nation. But God, we know that you are the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and beside you there is no other. So we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace and peace.